Hello, my name is James Pikeway, and you are listening to the Nightline Podcast. From cars to health to fitness to music, we have something for everyone. If you have a comment, question, or query about the program, email me, nightline at dubaii1038.ae. And if you're looking for more content from Dubai Eye, dubaii1038.com forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show. It's Colin show, but it's DIY repairing stuff with the guys from We Will Fix It joining us in studio. Colin and Kevin are here. Great to have you guys back in. It's lovely, isn't it? Good to be back. And and I'm very, very pleased that Colin was setting Kevin up as I was doing the intro. You were making sure everything was in the right spot. You're, you're, you're basically the producer of the show. I, I really appreciate that. I think Astro will be absolutely <laughs> devastated by that. <laughs> no, definitely not. You see, it's odd this because maybe in this studio, now that we've been doing this for a few months, I, I feel a little bit, little bit more comfortable than Kev. But when it comes yeah. to the subject matter, which is DIY, Kev Kevin, is very yeah. much more comfortable than me. The, yeah. the other thing is we'll post up a picture uh, not so long from now. You guys did come matching the studio today, well, which well, is It's phenomenal. amazing our, our corporate colors do match. It's almost yeah. like it's meant to be. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> Kevin, great to have you back. Great to be back, James. Uh, lots going on these days. It's you know I, we don't want to keep going on, and we know we've had folks who have said in the past that man, you guys talk about temperatures quite a bit. And for the record, although I've got the covered Wrangler outside, I'm still riding around in my two-door soft top without the top. So uh, that's hardcore. I'm, actually, I'm in my <laughs> Wrangler tonight, but yeah? I'm mine. I'm got the AC on absolute yeah. full. And I've got the hard top on. Yeah, so soft top. It was it was only like 40 something today when I was driving. 42 on my yeah, car. Four, there we go. 42. Yeah, not the midday. Wrangler, midday. The, the humidity is still fairly low. So That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is the cue for everyone who you know, and I know we keep saying it, but if you were listening to yesterday's show, we talk about this also when we talk about car repair. Things are going to start going wrong. Make sure you're doing some testing because. They only go wrong when you need, really need them. And if you missed my car repair story from yesterday, go and listen to the podcast, DubaiI1038.com forward slash Nightline, and you'll hear how I left my house at quarter to seven in the morning, stopped my car at 7.30 on the way to an event, and the battery died. So, yeah. And, you know, what, what can you do? Call but, somebody. Yeah. Glenn. That's the only thing. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Glenn. And he's brilliant like that, because I call Glenn in that situation as well. And, you know, he never says no, which no, is just no. amazing. He should. He, he really should, should tell should. me by yeah. now. Yeah. You know, we get yeah. on really well. He should just tell me no. The, the point being, if you, you start noticing things and you think, oh, it'll be okay, I'll get through it, I'll get through it, especially when we're talking about, you know, plumbing or electricity or mm. air conditioning, it's especially when you are really going to need it that it's going to fail, and that's when you're going to need to give someone a call. So what we love to do on this show is we like to help people walk. We like to walk people through some of the things that are that that they can at least learn how to troubleshoot or maybe even do some repairs on your own. But if you got questions about something that's going on in your apartment, your villa, your flat, and you're saying, "Oh, it's making this kind of weird noise or this odd smell," or "How do I fix this or that?" Get in touch with us uh, for the next hour. We're helping you fix that stuff. But I do want to start off, guys, with uh, sort of just talking about some of the the big things that have been going on for you guys over at We Will Fix It. Yeah, well, at the moment, it's now turned into summer in the office, James. We're getting 
enormous amount of calls. Obviously, AC, we're doing over 100 jobs now a day. But we're 100 not a day? Yeah, we've done over 100 Pretty jobs. solid now. Which is odd, because believe it or not, James, currently it's cooler than it should be. It is quite significantly below the historical average for this time of year. Wow. So, basically, we should all be really thankful that it's not 7 or 8 degrees higher. However, that is coming, without a doubt. Yeah. And I think it starts next week, if I remember rightly. It's going over the uh, the historical average. Um, so oh, actually, and then looking at it, I think it goes back down again. So maybe for this month, we might just get away with it. So if, if anyone's wondering, how do these guys have all these stats? Because your business, part of it is servicing air conditioning units, you guys track the weather. We have to plan. We really yeah. have to plan um, extremely closely. So we plan on a daily basis. And how long um, have you guys been tracking weather for? Eight years, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. So we, we just make sure that we're ready for, for what's coming at any time and, um, and our customers can rely on us, which is pretty much the basics of anyone running a business, isn't it? You guys often and people often talk about, oh, you got to clean the coils on your air conditioning unit. Now, a lot of people, when, I, when we talk about, we start using the lingo and people start using words like that. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those people that someone says, oh, you got to clean the coil. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm looking over at the wife going, do you know what he's talking about? Does anyone, do you, anyone know what, you know, is this going to be a huge deal? Is this not? A, I have no idea. But of course, you just not. Oh, yeah, yeah, that coil. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to get lots of calls at the moment now, James. People have ACs back on two, three, four weeks, and they're using them every day, all yeah. day. So they're starting to get quite bad smells coming from them. We're getting a lot of phone calls. Okay. Now, this usually is down to either clogged drain pipes or the evaporator coil itself. The just, just so that we're clear what that coil is then. So basically, it's just like the radiator in your car. So in your car, the radiator's there to basically get rid of the heat. Right. In an AC, it's pretty much the same thing. It's there to basically make the air cool. Looks very similar, so just like a radiator on your car, yep. the air runs through it and it gets colder as a result. Simple as that. So if the coil is dirty, boom, yeah. stuff starts to grow. Yeah. Well, the issue is that when it, because it's so much colder, it produces condensation and condensation basically is water. And then when the really fine dirt that hasn't got caught by the filter hits it, it sticks. Over time, that builds up. And then as it builds up and builds up, things get a little bit messy. Some of it falls off, clogs the drains. Next thing you know, oh man, it's a nightmare. That's for sure. Yeah, not good. So when we get these kind of calls... Standard operating procedure. How long does it take to service one air conditioning unit typically? Well, for a servicing is normally about 45 minutes, but for an evaporator coil clean, it's a much longer process. Okay. Um, it can take anywhere between three to four hours. Wow. Yeah, it's almost like your bathroom is turned into a surgical procedure. It's, there's plastic everywhere because there's a lot of water that's being used. But some people aren't quite so scrupulous as that, um, James. You know, it's, it's an ongoing theme, isn't it? The cowboys yeah. of the industry. Um, but some people will literally just take a um, a brush and brush the outside of the coil. Okay. Um, and you can do that really quickly. Yeah. Um, right, your coil's been cleaned. Well, actually, no, it hasn't because this coil is six six inches thick. Yeah. So they might have got the first two millimeters on one side of it. But what about the rest? So you still can't see through it. And um, so it's a really involved process. We actually adapted some kit um, that's designed for something completely different. came out of the U.S. um, And uh, basically, we we reformulated that so that we were able to clean these coils without having to cut them out, which was the old system. Um, And it works really well. I mean, it still takes 
three to four hours to do, yeah. um, and that's one coil. And, and how it, often do you need to do this? In you know, yearly? Every mm, a couple of years? Months. Yeah, eighteen oh, months okay. to two years is about okay. right on the whole. Um, saying that. Uh, a lot of properties that are older than that, it, this work hasn't been done because it's really specialist work. Yeah. Um, so if you get to the stage where you've got a smelling AC, you can't get rid of it, um, or alternatively you're in a position where there's not enough air coming out and they've already somebody's already come and cleaned the filter, coils. Okay. It's it's the normal one. There you go. People often think though that the ducts, because that's the bit you can yeah. imagine. You know, it's, yes. it's it's back to the days of Oliver, isn't it? Yeah. And the um and the soot in chimney the uh, chimney sweeps. Yeah. yeah. So it actually looks quite similar technology, but it's the coils much mm. more likely than that. There we go. Um, ducts get dirty, but they don't get um uh, like smelly on the whole. Yeah. Okay. Don't want to be uh, harping on this. Don't want to sound like a broken record. But really, if you haven't had your air conditioning cleaned, serviced, get on it. Where you need to get this done because uh, hands up, you haven't. Yeah, there's just uh, the one other thing with coil cleaning, um, yeah. which is um, I've got a, a young son. He's he's now six years old. Um, what for me, the coil cleaning was the most important bit to actually look after um, his. Uh, his respiratory side and to to basically minimize the effects of his asthma mm. and it's easy in my position to say to people oh get your coils clean because obviously that's my business yeah but if there's one thing that i would say if you've got children that you know have respiratory issues yes you need to get your ac service but you really need to make sure that your coils are in good condition it does make a difference it made a difference for my family and um, i can say that hand on heart um, without a doubt Colin is here. Kevin is here. We Will Fix It is in the house. We're talking about home repair and improvement issues, trying to fix anything around you. Get in touch. These guys have a ton of experience, and they might be able to sort you out. It's the DIY radio show. We're fixing stuff, and who better to have sitting across from you, Kevin and Colin, joining us from wewillfixit.com, 800-FIX. And if there's any group of people who know how to fix pretty much everything and anything, and can, you can bounce ideas off. It's these two guys, and they're sitting right across from me. So if you've got anything on your mind, get in touch with us. And let's kick off with a couple of texts that have come in, and then we'll bounce back to some mm. of the stuff that's in our notes as, uh, you know, we've got a fine-tuned machine here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it says, hi, James. Can you ask the guys what is minor maintenance? My landlord said a water pump which broke was my responsibility. I said that I need service... Uh, um, a, a service account and to fix things I can t- uh, oh okay so I guess uh, we move up there yeah so I guess he's thinking he needs a service account and and fix things that he he'll fix things he can take with him or something of that nature and interested in your views on what minor and major r- items are on a service and uh, what do you think this is an interesting one because there is um uh, a real ambiguity that comes from Rero who regulate all this kind of stuff um, but the rule of thumb is if it's under 500 dirhams then that's minor maintenance okay so in this situation landlord said that the water pump broke which was his um, was your responsibility yeah. um, and oh this is Carl by the way yeah this is Carl and he Got says it. and he says in the contract just says he does major maintenance right um, for me there was only one very small element of how a pump would break that could be considered minor maintenance, uh, which is a capacitor failure. To give Ooh. you an idea, if it's a capacitor failure, that happens less than 10% of the time um, mm. on a, uh, a failed pump. So I would consider this to be an over 500 dirham job and um, for the landlord. Would you agree, Kev? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so this is a landlord one as far as I'm okay. concerned. Um, so um, 
I said that I need to fix, um, need to service the AC and fix things um, I can take. Um, I definitely think that um, the landlord should be servicing ACs, yeah. but obviously that is a massive contention. And the main problem is, if a landlord is servicing an AC, he will find the cheapest guy you mm. possibly can. And we do so much work of clearing up damage caused mm. by rubbish people servicing AC. So you've got a decision to make there, and it depends on your relationship with your landlord. Interestingly enough, I've got a brilliant landlord, yeah. and um, he had a very expensive contract before I moved in. Part of the stipulation when I move into a villa is I'm looking after all the maintenance. <laughs> but he was paying, just to give you an idea, on my villa, he was paying somewhere between eight and 10,000 dirhams a year um, for the... Uh, the maintenance on my property. Um, the day that I was supposed to move in actually was the first time we'd managed to get everything on with the normal dealer issues, etc., etc. We'd already repainted it and what have you. And I turned on the ACs. I knew there and then, at that second, we're not moving in today. And this is uh, um, companies that have come in and they're reputable. Really? Um, and just had done the bare minimum um, that was uh, required under their contract. And this is where the issue tends to occur. Mm. What are you looking for? Are you looking for the bare minimum or are you looking for safe yeah. and clean air and reliable systems? So I guess in one sense for Carl, if they can meet halfway possibly and, and you know, you got to weigh it out, I guess it, it, it's a real challenge. It really is. What the And, and I, I've taken this back on, on Carl's side. I've, I've met a lot of people. I've had a lot of friends over the years who have been in that kind of a situation and they've just said, you know what, I'm just going to handle this because I want it done right. Yes. Yeah. yeah we get a lot of that people taking on the expense of themselves maintaining yeah. other people's property. Yeah. Yep. Which it's frustrating, but at the same time, when I'm moving in somewhere, the amount of hassle that is caused yeah. when something fails... Uh, it's just not worth it to me, and obviously I'm in a re pretty unique position um, <laughs> with, yeah. with what we do, but I, I want that place reliable, and my first step whenever I move into somewhere is to make sure I've got a reliable place that, you know, everything's yeah. fine. But the one time something did actually fail unexpectedly was the one time that I went to the UK without the family, and I was only yeah. gone for three days, <laughs> and day one, <laughs> compressor failure. I think I was on the phone to Kev at that point from the UK yeah. going, come on, man, you've got to sort this. I don't need this. So thanks, dude. Yeah, Officially anytime. on there air. We go. There we go. <laughs> We've got another one that's come through. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering what you've tuned into, this is DIY Radio. We fix everything here on the show. It's uh, essentially a, a handyman corner, a handywoman corner. And uh, we got Kevin and Colin joining us from wewillfixit.com sitting right across from me. So if you've got something going on in your apartment, villa, shed, and you're thinking, oh, what can we do with this? Get in touch with us. We'll see if we can't sort you out. Here's a great one. We smell next door's cooking through our bedroom. Uh, and they've got a, a, they're smelling this through the AC unit. And they say we are in a semi-detached house, and they're in the springs. I know this? all about this. Oh, okay. I know all about this. Which one. is another great, interesting thing because there, there's a lot of things that come through, and you're often when the texts come through. So when folks are sending them through, you could easily say, "Please don't mention where I live." But it's very useful when it's you send a text. Put it in brackets. Extremely because useful. Because you guys have been do doing with this over ten years, so you're used to many of the different areas, and there's many common faults. You know, we actually we looked into this because we were wondering, you know, how many um, how many in particular residences uh, have we done, and we've now serviced more than a third of the springs wow. so if you live in the springs over the 10 years there's a one in three chance that we've actually been there that's pretty impressive yeah. so what's going on here ac okay. semi-detached they should be separate ac units 
Now, there is, there's two different scenarios here. Um, the fact that he said bedroom AC, yeah. um, and also he hasn't mentioned the number of bedrooms. Okay, so my initial assumption is that this is an upstairs bedroom. Uh, the three beds in uh, the spring, sometimes you can use the office downstairs as an additional bedroom as well, but yeah. I'm making the assumption this is a proper okay. upstairs bedroom. Yeah. Um, the reason that I'm making that assumption is if it's downstairs, which is, is actually more common, um, then the issue is that the extractor um, that is used in both the bathrooms and the kitchens, um, the way that it extracts on the semi-detached uh, units means that more than one property, basically two adjoining ah. properties, share the same extractor. So is when that common? Uh, it's not common, actually, no, okay. but in, in the springs, that's the case. Um, actually, it, not in all the springs, because it's done by two different <laughs> yeah, developers. That's yeah. another, another story. Um, Kevin's got a big smile on his face at this moment. <laughs> <as he's doing. laughs> so, um, and what happens, an AC basically acts like um, it, m- it moves air at yeah. the time when it circulates, which creates a difference in pressure, which unless you have your extractor running at that particular time, right. can cause suckback from your next-door neighbor. Now, if it's an upstairs bedroom... Uh, it's something completely different, which is there is a fresh air vent um, on Springs properties that is there to make sure that the oxygen levels and the freshness of the air in your inside your property yeah. is um, accurate and where it should be. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, normally these are done in pairs, so that they're right next to each other for your property and your next-door neighbours. So what happens here is you turn on the AC, which again pulls the pressure uh, uh-huh. down, and the air that's being pushed out by your next-door neighbour's property has sucked back in the fresh oh, air vent on the other one. Which is how I bet you that's works. what's going on. I bet you that's it. The good news is, if it is that, there's a really nice, easy fix to it. And all that you do is put a 90-degree little um, uh, PVC plastic piece on um, and uh, and maybe a little bit of an extra extension just to make sure that the entry point for yours and your neighbours are far enough apart. Yeah. So, And that's not an expensive fix to do. There we go. I'm, 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 I'm betting that's what it is. Let us know, please. We'd love to hear the follow-up on this and what you've discovered. And, and if you're going out to check right now, please do so safely. It's on your roof and mm-hmm. you need to be really safe. Yeah, so don't do it now. two people. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Not do, at night. Yeah, don't do it at night. But uh, do give that a look. And if you missed any of that, we'll be podcasting tomorrow. Dubai1038.com forward slash nightline. Hit up the podcast and you'll see it sitting there. Uh, we got another one that's come in from uh, Mohammed. He says, oh, what about duct cleaning? It's Is that a separate specialist service? Uh, Kevin. Yes, it is. We have multiple teams solely doing duct cleaning every single day. So when you get your AC done, it ducts aren't automatically included in that? No. When you're doing an AC service, the guys will do a visual inspection of the duct cleaning, of mm. the ducting network itself, but it is a completely different service. Okay. Um, it takes over two times the, the amount of time rather than a really? general service, yes. Um, we have machinery that's brought over from America called a rotor brush. Um, we send it down through the ducting network. It has a wired brush on the top of it. So we scrub all the interior ducting. And at the same time, it's built-in vacuum on the top of the brush. Uh-huh. So it's sucking all the, the dust that's, that's been removed from the network. The In your time. experience, your collective experience, how many places are actually getting duct cleaning done on a regular basis? When we started duct cleaning five years ago, it was this massive education that was required in Dubai. Um, now, I think people are a lot more savvy. Hmm. Um, there's, you know, there's a few companies back in the day. There's only two of us that were doing it, but um, these days there's there's many more. Um, so it's something that people understand a lot more now. 
um, and understand the need for. Um, interestingly enough, when you think about coils and um, uh, and that kind of thing, if I was to say um, many people are on a budget, if they can only do one, do the coils. It's for me, it's not even a, uh, yeah. a close decision. The problem is people don't uh, can't think about coils so easily. It's yeah. not it's not as easy to understand. But that will be more effective on mm. the whole. If, for instance, you see lots of physical dirt that's coming out of your vents when you've turned your ACs on, that is a really good indicator you've got a problem with your um, uh, with your ducts. Uh, and again, when the ACs are being serviced, if you've got a decent company doing it, they should be able to do the visual inspection to let you know whether or not your ducts have got a problem too. Okay, so something that you should get done for sure. We Will Fix It's Colin and Kevin joining us in studio. That's wewillfixit.com. You got any issues going on with where you're living? You got some questions about some maintenance? Could be anything. Cracked steps, tiles, trying to put up shelving units. Maybe it's something to do with what's coming up next from Brendan. A toilet that just doesn't want to stop running. We're going to talk about that right here on The Fix-It Show. This is The Fix-It Show. We've got wewillfixit.com in the house. Colin and Kevin are here and we're fixing stuff. It's that simple. Or And offering advice. There's lots of advice. A lot of people have stuff going on. You're trying to sort through things. These guys can sort you out. Let's hit up Brandon's issue. Uh, toilet flush is running continuously. Likely this is fixable or should I expect a huge repair cost? Well, the good yeah. news is it would not be a huge repair cost, oh. Brendan. Do, um, you, do you know he's just the, you know what's just happened right now for Brendan? He's just gone. Yeah. <sighs> but it yeah. would be a replacement. Okay. Um, uh, when they start not the running, toilet though. Not the toilet, just the flush mechanism yeah. itself. Um, they normally come in at a cost of about 375 dirhams. That's including parts and labour. And one year warranty. And a one year warranty. Yeah, of see, course. I like the warranties. We don't get that from the supplier, but we just think it's ridiculous, and we yeah. really like it as well, so we take that one on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's almost like a washer inside the actual flush mech itself that tends to wear down, um, causing the water just to constantly trickle into the bowl, mm. so not repairable, unfortunately. Okay. It's an interesting one, that, because it gets brittle as well, um, and a lot of it is caused in summer by the heat of the water yeah. that, as it's coming in. Um, basically, it accelerates the um, uh, the problem with this particular washer. I figure I get about four years out of those mechanisms before I, I'm changing it. I've changed yeah. every every washroom in the house has gone through a couple of these things. Yeah. yeah, and it's exactly that. They just get brittle. Yes, they do. Yeah. But uh, there's a, there's a bodge on that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the Vaseline bodge, which uh-huh. if you've got a little handyman, yeah, he'll bodge it, and you get a uh. week. You'll get one yeah. week and it'll be gone by then. So no point trying to bodge it, chaps. Okay. It's, a, it's a replacement. Just replace it, get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, easy. Hey, we got a DIY job coming up here. And this is an interesting, because we were talking about this one off air. And, have a, and I'm thinking, did Dan send, is this Dan using a burner that, phone maybe? There's no way that that's Dan because he knows I can't answer it. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I think. Maybe that's he's that's setting it. You know, you sure? Uh, uh-huh. Might be Brenda. Brenda, uh, if you're listening, uh, welcome why, to Duvan. When are we calling Brenda, by the way? Are we going to call her and Ooh, say Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're brave. Your brain. <laughs> I don't mean it, Brenda. You rock. I thought you were going to bring Brenda in. Like I really, th- I mean, if there's someone who's going to be able to solve pretty much every problem, Brenda would be able to do it. I'm, I'm certain of that. I think so. And too. I haven't even met her. Which, no, she's wonderful. Yeah, you'd like to meet. No, you guys, have you get on like a house on fire. Actually, there we go. We, basically, we'd both be, you know, you'd never get a word in edgewise. Is that what you're trying to say? I'd never say that. <laughs> never say that. <laughs> okay, so here's the issue. It says, gentlemen, I'm looking to make some wooden crates to store vinyl records. 
can you recommend a wood type and thickness? And so we were talking about this. I mean, and one, I, I know you want to do the DIY project, but we were we were saying, you know, Dragon Mart's got some great product that you can go and get that you store some tiles in that that would work. I'm pretty sure I've seen these kind of products in IKEA and at Ace, literally crates that you can you can get. It's a difficult one that, and specifically because it's vinyl records. Yeah. Because with vinyl. Um, each vinyl record you want to separate A so you can see what it is and secondly isn't there some issue with warping if you put them all together I'm sure that's the case yeah yeah, I, yeah, I think if they get warm no I think they can sit in crates and they, they, you know milk crates have been the home for many a vinyl record for as long as I can remember mm, okay mm. I thought you kind of separated them out so if you're uh, building a basic box you're looking probably if I mean it's it's pretty thin wood you want to be using mm. some almost like strapping I was thinking kind of, you know, I don't know, one, one, uh, a half by six. Do you know, the main issue with this, James, is yeah. it just doesn't feel like a worthwhile project. So <laughs> I I'm know, really this is sorry. This is the issue. Now, what I would actually do on this, I mean, we're really lucky, Kev, aren't we? Because we've got yeah. a carpenter who's directly opposite, well, and he always needs a bit of electrical work. Yeah. So whenever we need something like this, we just go to him and give him a, like, so, a picture off Pinterest and yeah. go, go on, just give him so a So this target. is the other thing that I'm thinking, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, okay, I know you want to do it yourself, but really, you want to get a, some really decent wood that you're going to be able to sand down and put some varnish on if you want these to be sitting around. Yeah. You want the carpenter guy like you're talking about who's got all sorts of wood that's lying there that you know he's probably got some off-cut pieces and he can put it together you know, very simply, and it's going to yeah. look really good. Whereas the big challenge I see with doing this is it's not like we're back in, in, in Europe or even in North America where you can go down to the lumber yard yep. and you've got a whole bunch of selection. You say, hey, I want to do it with oak or I want to do it with cedar or I want to do it with some pine or, you know, mm-hmm. you're not getting that selection here and it's going to be much more difficult. Absolutely agree. Difficult yeah. one, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, have a little bit of a think on that one and um, yeah. let us know how you get on. Sorry but, we can't help on that. But I, I do think your your suggestion is is the way I would go, is I'd head, I'd head over to the carpentry shop and say, Here, here's what I'm looking to build, and I'm sure they will be able to put this together very quickly and very uh, very easy. Take take a couple records so they can do the measurement and say, yeah. this is what I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean, this um, for this kind of thing, we'd normally recommend Jumeirah Carpentry, available in Alcoz, not okay. Jumeirah. Yeah. Um, however, they're great for this kind of thing. But again, I think people are quite shocked. As soon as you start going bespoke with carpentry, it's not cheap. It's yeah. really very expensive because you're paying for people's time and design expertise. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it could be worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, head to IKEA. They got lots of crates, so it's, it's uh, simple. Um, if you're wondering what you tuned into, by the way, this is the Fix It Show. We got we got uh, Colin joining us. We got Kevin joining us from WeWillFixIt.com. 800 Fix. If you want to get in touch with them, by the way, uh, here's another one that's come through. It says, uh, "Hello, James. The wall between my ensuite bathroom and my bedroom began to bubble and has now dried and is peeling on the bedroom side." I'm assuming it was a leak, but it seems to be dry now. Should I just focus on fixing the paint damage, or do I need to search for whatever caused the damage? How big a job could this be? Any tips from the guys uh, would be much appreciated. Gentlemen. James, I have a theory. (laughs) Kevin, thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely look for where the water source is coming from. Okay. Um, and I think that's exactly it. You've hit the nail on the head. I think that the... He said it, um, that... Uh, so, it's, or it could be a she, sorry. Yeah. Um, that it's come through on the bedroom side. 
I yeah, think from, so. The ensuite bathroom is on the other side, and it's yeah. bubbling on the bedroom side. Yeah. So I, I wonder think if the tub's against that wall. Exactly. exactly. Oh, yes. we're all on the same yes. sheet here. So what I think has happened yeah. is that you've got a, fail, uh, a failure of the silicon around the bath. Yeah. And what's happened is the water's got down there, and you can't even see it when it fails normally. Um, the water's got down there. It's pooled, and then at that stage, it's looking for an outlet. It won't come on the bath side because I bet that lower section's tiled. Yeah. Therefore, it comes out the other side of the wall, which is what they've got here. Mm. Now, it's interesting that there was the... Um, that it, it stopped doing it. It stopped doing it. I wonder whether or not something's changed in terms of the usage of that bathroom. Yeah. Often the case. Or if they've, if they've redone the grouting. Um, yeah. Or the, the silicon around the, the resealed it, possibly. Yeah, mm. it's possible. Um, the uh, kind of final thing on that one is, um, when you do come to repaint that wall... And put an alkali primer on first because the um, the salts that come out of the wall are, will destroy paint all over mm. again. And I'd actually put at least a couple of coats if you can. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I actually had this in my old apartment over a year ago. And it was actually coming from the flush mechanism from the apartment next door. It was enclosed oh, in no. tiled. And it was actually leaking. And it was coming through my side of the apartment. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's a crazy one. Yeah. So there, there, I mean, it could be anything. It could be a shower. It could be from the sink. But probably there's a water leak. There was a water leak or has been something. Mm. I wonder if it could be the AC backed up, if the AC ducting is up there, the fan. Feasible like in a bathroom, yeah. yeah Another feasible one. But you'd normally see that uh, something else in the AC as okay. well at that point. Yeah. So you'd normally get water through the ceiling as it's backed mm. up. Um, or alternatively, a smell that would come through yeah. with that. So, uh, Big job to, to do that painting. and uh, I mean, a little bit of work to f- try and figure out where the leak is. Um, doesn't feel big to me, Kev. What do you think? No, not so big, but I would advise that you get the full wall done and not just the bottom. Which is what so many people exactly. will do. And you'll, it, Matching the paint is nearly impossible. And yeah. then six months down the road, you've been looking at that mismatched paint. It's, it exactly. gets close. It gets close. Yeah. And it's just eaten away at you. Yeah. 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 What, three hours, I reckon, for that? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, to see and Kev, your fantastic um, uh, little tip for if ever you're siliconing around a bath is there you go. I make sure the bathtub is full oh first. Man, how many? <laughs> no one does that. I never knew that. I mean, Me neither. Just but it makes so much sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Because mm. inevitably you fill the thing full. Of, you, you stand in it and you break the seal. Exactly. Oh, man. You see, there's lessons to there be learned go. here. <laughs> Wondering what you're listening to, by the way. It's a DIY show. we got the folks from We Will Fix It joining us in studio. You're trying to work on some projects. You've got some issues. Give us a call. Fire us an SMS. Colin and Kevin are certain to be able to help you fashion an answer to your query. What's the program you're listening to? It's the Fix It Show. we got Colin and Kevin joining us in studio from wewillfixit.com, which means if you've got a query about pretty much anything you could want to repair, these gentlemen will be able to help you. And uh, we want to jump back into a story about how many pumps do you actually need in a villa? It's just... <laughs> I'm, I was thinking about mine. I've got... Uh, mine's, I, I'm just a two-pump two. villa. Yeah. One on the bottom, one at the top. Everything, everyone's happy, and and they're, you know, they're they're nice German pumps, but they're your standard everyday pump that you could actually probably fit for a pool. I know they're the same kind that are in my jacuzzi. It's you know mm. they're they're mm. the standard, or as we'd say in the UK, bog standard pumps. Bog standard, yes. <laughs> um, so this this was one that um, uh, one of the bookings guys brought down to show me, and. Um, 
one of our guys had given us a follow-up job for the replacement of five pumps in one property. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I never even heard of five pumps before. And admittedly, these days, Kev, I don't really get out on the road that much, do I? Yeah, you know, crazy. I've been I've been thrown out of Kev's main <laughs> office, and instead now they put me in a little cubby hole down um, down out the way. I think I was too noisy to be honest and wouldn't stop talking, James. So that was the main issue. But anyway, five pumps. Um, so. We kind of thought about it, and I thought, well, you know, you've got one which is your house pump, one yep. which could be your irrigation pump. Could I have a setup like yours, so two, yeah. one pumping it up to the yeah, roof. So I'm, I'm at three, but I couldn't get to five. Yeah. So uh, it's one. So of those these weren't, but these weren't your just normal pumps either that you guys happened upon. No, well, this is the scenario. So it was so crazy that I basically grabbed um, uh, Kevin, our general manager, Ewan as well, and we got in the car and actually went. And what had happened was just the most horrendous kind of combination of events so first of all um the all of the pumps were in a room underground um underneath uh, kind of the garage area um and what had happened was a 100 dirham float valve part had failed uh-huh. in the tank that was underground as well okay uh, as a result it had overflowed from where the tank is and the tank was the size of a room james i mean it's just incredible yeah um and it had overflowed into the pump room unfortunately the sump pump which is there to kind of deal with a bit of water had been turned off and as a result this room flooded and took out the pump system the computer control system that controlled all of it and basically i reckon it's done between 30 and 40 thousand dirhams worth of damage but then, how, how did the sump get off? Just a, it, it just it's, it, there's a manual override, and okay. somebody had turned it off. So it was just a horrendous situation. Um, so then we started looking at the setup, Kevin, and we were mm. just we were just it was just unbelievable to us that the standard um, setup could actually have three computer control pumps just for the house, and had two that were there just for the irrigation system. I mean, it's it's beyond overkill. <laughs> and each of these pumps is like the Ferrari of the brand world. So um, these, and, and as a result of having been way too complex for the actual um, uh, requirement, um, they're not hugely reliable as well. So we're actually designing at the moment just a much simpler version um, to avoid this situation going forwards. And actually, Kev, I just thought, if we put an electronic float switch on the tank as well as an additional, then I wonder whether or not with a, uh, with a valve we could also cut that off so that at no point can that overflow again. I don't see why not. No, okay, well, that's one to, um, to discuss in the morning, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah. it's just five pumps. Five pumps from a standard um, developer, and it's a main development. It's not a single property, um, which is is just crazy. And people have to pay for all of this. Yeah. Total overkill. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, there we go. That's uh, very odd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just what more can you say? Absolutely. Um, I wanted to jump back also into the Arabian Ranches cats. Uh, situation and and actually you guys are part of uh, the folks yeah. who rescue the cats there. Yeah, um, so it's a support group actually that's been set up for quite a while. We found out about them uh, about eight or ten months ago. It's the Arabian Ranches Stray Cat Support Group, and basically what they want to do is look after the cats that are in the community. 
Um, and uh, they do this both by uh, trap neuter release schemes. Um, when there's injured animals, they look after those. Um, they also um, have scanners so they can check whether or not the cats have been microchipped. Okay, good. So they do a lot of reuniting cats with their, their owners. And sometimes it's like two, three years that these cats have been missing for. It's absolutely incredible. Wow. So they're a fantastic group of residents in the Arabian ranches um, who we desperately want to uh, want to help. And they have, they did have two hospitals, but um, the unfortunately the uh, the one hospital that's um, about oh I don't know about eight feet away from my back door unfortunately <laughs> has to be reclaimed over the summer to store everything in uh, that what that uh, is normally in the garden so bless okay. them they've now moved out of mine temporarily but the other one that's um, that's uh, 12 months of the year it's getting too hot at this time yeah. of year so uh, I think it's only the second time that we've done an AC installation in a garden shed wow. yeah. but that was the project that Kev had to handle this week yeah, it was really good. Um, we put in a, an additional power supply for them in the actual shed. They had got the portable AC, yeah. so we'd hooked up the drainage, and uh-huh. away you go. The little furry friends are nice and cool. Here's here's a question, not, not about cats, but about exactly what you're talking about, in a sense. And it was one that, that was on the list. How, in, in a typical villa, you got a lot of people running, a lot of plug adapters and extension cords and typically overloading a circuit how difficult is it to add another circuit to the circuit breaker board do i need to go and get approval from the city for that or can i just get that done or uh, what what might people be looking at Okay, so um, here is where we get just a little bit on the technical side. So breaker uh, is normally one circuit. Um, Above that, you have um, an ELCB, which is basically like, you can imagine it's like a master breaker. for It's a big um, square box thing. Yeah. Yeah, So um, And then there's four individual circuits on an individual Mm, breaker below that. So the first thing you need to work out is how much load do you still need? Generally speaking, a socket circuit, something like that, takes about 20 amps. You'll normally have three or four of those 20 amp circuits, which is on um, uh, an ELCB, which is normally a 40 amp circuit. So it all depends on how, uh, what the load level is okay. on uh, on that ELCB, whether or not you can include an extra circuit. The easiest bit is putting it into um, the distribution box itself. That's really easy. Yeah. The real problem is the wiring and how you can actually do the wiring to get from that box to where you need in the house. And that tends to be where all the trunking comes from and um, yeah. and that kind of thing there. So technically, the box bit's easy. It's how you physically get the cable and the power to where you need it that is either a little bit ugly or alternatively yeah. a real pain. Okay, so can be yeah. done, but you've got a lot of things to check out. So obviously make sure you get the person in who knows what they're doing with electricity. That one's a definite <laughs> professionals only. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always an always an issue, isn't it? Because you you want to get it done right. You 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 know, and it it isn't really that expensive to get things done right. But there's always someone who's saying, I know a guy. Do you know, here's here's a, the real case in point for Dubai. Um, I interview electricians on a frequent basis, and I ask them a simple um, question about load, exactly yeah. what we're talking about um, uh, every time. And normally about 90 to 95% of the qualified electricians get this question wrong. And at that point, I don't continue any further with an interview. They've gone because it's a pure safety issue. Because the idea of of those breakers is to keep you safe in a house. Now, if you have somebody in your house that doesn't know how to do that properly, 
they can burn your house down with you in it. There you go. And it's that important. Mm -hmm. It really is. So even the professionals, you need to be really confident about the people you're dealing with. Follow-up question on bird spikes that we've been talking about for weeks. You were having a small issue with pigeons or doves that decided to roost at the front of your, your place. You'd found some spikes to put up. These are, you know, the, the aluminum things that so they don't land. You hadn't had them installed. That was a really good deal. And... Uh, Apparently got them installed. Kevin sorted See, it out for you. Yeah, this is what happens. <laughs> so I come up with this this idea, right? My house, we're going to finally do it. And I think yeah. I, I said um, a couple of weeks ago that we've been saying we were going to do this for yeah. I don't know seven or eight years for the, from the company perspective. And finally, um, Mrs. Thomas, my wife, um, finally got to the stage of right, you're doing it now. So work it out. So purchasing department got involved, bless them, and they um, they found us a couple of options, first of all. But the real issue is the, the, the standard stuff that's available here is still got the metal spikes on it, but it's got a plastic base. Right. And that plastic base inside 12 months of the amount of UV we have here would be totally brittle. So it took a couple of weeks more, but we got there. So we now have completely stainless steel um, units, both on the base and also on the spikes as well. And at that point, Kev, I was like, come on, come on, Kev, get, <laughs> get me out of the doghouse yeah. here. And then basically Kev took over. Yeah, and um, I mean, we got the guys out. The main thing with them is health and safety, to be honest, James. It's up yeah. on the roof. They're much easier on, on flat roof um, okay. villas in Dubai. Um, really easy to install. Um, takes between 45, 45 minutes to an hour to do 15, 20 meters of it. Yeah, I think it was 20, 22 in the end that they yeah. installed at mine. Now is it, and is it working, keeping the birds away? It's working really well, but unfortunately, according to the wife, I've installed them all in the wrong place. <laughs> So now I need Not another. Not my fault, by the way. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was exactly as I suggested, Kev. You nailed it from my perspective. But, you know, we know that the practical perspective isn't always the right perspective. Yeah. So you didn't ask your wife first where she would prefer to have them installed? No, because I knew where they needed to be installed, James. Where they need to be installed yeah, see, and where they should be installed so are two different things. <laughs> yeah. So I would have thought for sure that, that Dan would have, you know, giving you the lecture on that but anyway yeah well <laughs> you know i'm still getting a lecture from home so another 46 square meters for my place just okay. to yeah. cover the bits that are required apparently there we go so is this something that uh before too long could be rolled out uh you know citywide if people need they could give you a call and say hey i've got an issue and you guys now have it nailed absolutely well, the only thing we've got to do now we know the installation uh coming down cost effectively we know the product's really good we've just got to make sure that we can get enough supply because if you imagine okay. 100 yeah. meters of this yeah. is is quite a lot yeah. um and we need to be able to hold a stock of that so i think probably what what do you reckon kev another week and we should know where we stand yeah with we it? should i think we'd, we'd know more we're checking with with suppliers how the availability okay. of it excellent Gentlemen, we've run up the clock on the show once again. Uh, absolute pleasure, as always, to have you both coming in, Kevin and Colin, this week. And uh, we'll get you back really soon to, to pick up this conversation. Wewillfixit.com if you want to find them online. 800-FIX if you want to give them a call. Pretty easy to spot around town as well. They drive these purple trucks with yellow lettering. It's, uh, they stand out like a sore thumb. Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming in. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, James.